Welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The sounds like this came out of a game of Mad Libs edition. I mean, <laughs> that's what so many episodes sound like. It's I'm true. like, how did she even find this? Yes. What? Uh, it's all it's all real. Yeah. It's all fucking real. Yeah. <laughs> today, <laughs> today is in between 108 mutant attack hamsters. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> Talk about how the only thing I'm not afraid of is now something I'm afraid of. It's mutant and attacks. Great. <laughs> Amazing. And tardigrades hitch a ride in snail stomachs, escape and poop. This is um, <laughs> the adventure I have been waiting for. Right? Shouldn't this be a movie? I would love this as a movie or a series. It could be animated. It could be Pixar. It could be like a comic book. Yeah. It would be... I love tardigrades. They're yes. old friends, and mm. I hope you go deep into explaining what they are uh, for folks who haven't oh my God. haven't learned yet. We will talk about them. We'll talk about things we did to them. Yeah, and what happens to them in the wild? Because yeah. it is it's an adventure, just like you said, and it should be something graphic. Yes, yes. <laughs> Take that as you Very will. Very visual. Yes. yes. <laughs> Highly recommend Googling them. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the tardigrade lover, Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love a tardigrade, man. They're, they're, we go way back. Oh, so so far back. Old friends. <laughs> so far back. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, and now that I do know I'm equal parts horrified and excited <laughs> i that's the goal yeah that is the goal is to be horrified excited yeah educated sweating a little bit <laughs> if you're not sweating while listening to this um tell me your secret because yeah. everything makes me nervous so <laughs> Uh, my friends, today is a wild one. Uh, we have ourselves two recent experiments that reveal how little we know about the creatures around us and how wonderfully bonkers the answers are when we find out. Yeah. Uh, in the first half of the show, uh, well, what happens when you remove aggressive chemical receptors in the brains of hamsters? It's a question I'm sure we've all asked ourselves. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking. I was like, what happened the last time I did that? Um <laughs> been a while it's been a so while. yeah well that's right you guessed it they actually become more aggressive great great <laughs> so good times we're gonna talk about a whoopsie daisy some research researchers made that ended up revealing mammalian brains are way more complex than expected that is surprising to me because my yeah. brain ain't that complex <laughs> she's like okay now you eat and then you go to work mm -hmm. and then you do a couple other things I eat, I go to work, do a couple other things. I think we've all reached that level. It's It's been rough. It's been a rough couple of years. Yeah. Just <laughs> check off those those three or four things that you have to do every right. day, and yeah. then the rest is tequila. So. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. That's later. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the news of genetically altered hamsters could not have come to us from anyone else other than a member of the flock. Oh. That's right. Huge. Thank you. Do you know who? Lauren. Fuck yeah, Lauren. Lauren on Instagram. God damn it, Lauren. Lauren, if I could give you, like, what do you, what do you get in school? An A. <laughs> A plus, Lauren. 
Those little stars? Oh, gold star. The stars. 4.0 GPA or mm -hmm. whatever the higher. I think you can get higher than that. The highest one. You're going to college, baby. That's right. Full scholarship. <laughs> Full scholarship for Lauren. Uh, thank you for sending us an article about attack hamsters that oh. led me down an attack hamster hole. Amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and in the second half of the show, uh, we're revisiting an old adorable friend, the water bear. <sighs> That's right, the tardigrade. Uh, these incredibly small creatures are packed with incredible surprises, including one way that they get around. Now, yes. it's a mode of transport you just don't want to miss. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I know, I'm so excited to get to that. But before we get into snail poop, let's mm -hmm. begin with one of the most popular pets around, hamsters. Yeah. They're really um, popular. They're so popular that Kardashians have had multiple hamsters. Really? Um, yeah, there's a whole... Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna... There's a whole episode where one dies and they have to replace it before that kid gets home. That's so normal And I'm for positive that no one listening knows anything about the Kardashians and good for you guys. <laughs> Keep it that way. Hey. You don't need... You don't need this, but... That was my immediate thought was... Yeah, that's the most normal thing I've ever heard about them. Replacing a pet before the kid finds out it's dead. Oh my God, that's the most normal thing in the world. Yeah, don't sympathize with them. But they have done <laughs> one or two normal things. My God. All right. Must have been a slow drama week. I know. <laughs> no one was cheating on anyone. No one had a baby. Oh. They really need to fill that time. So, uh, so hamsters, my friends, we're talking about hamsters, and specifically the Syrian or golden hamster. Oh. Not only are they cute, tiny chunks, uh, they are full of personality and exhibit behaviors that owners slash some humans can really identify with. Uh, Dr. Marissa, tell us a little bit about the Syrian hamster, will you? Uh, what makes them so unique? Oh my god, I would love to talk about it. Okay, from uh, Petopedia, that's the cutest word in the world, <laughs> petopedia.petscorner.co.uk. Totally Wait, valid. hold on, it's pause. totally valid, it's if, real. If on, <laughs> if on the site Petopedia, you needed a pet's corner. What is the rest of the website <laughs> talk about? I don't, I don't know. Okay. That's a good point. Anyways, from the pet's corner of Petopedia, um, quote, Syrian hamsters must live on their own as they are territorial mammals and will start to fight each other. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, once they have reached maturity, which is between eight and 12 weeks Old, classic only child, mm -hmm. uh, only children. <laughs> okay, Syrian hamsters should never be kept in pairs or groups once mature. Even smelling another adult hamster uh, in the same house can cause some to become upset. So it's always best to stick to just the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing the quote, Syrian hamsters are nocturnal, which means uh, that they are most active at night and they will be up and about during the late hours, burrowing, digging, playing, and chewing. Just doesn't you want to hear at night? <laughs> I know. All great noises. Uh, 
Okay, uh, this is a super important hamster fact to consider before owning a hamster, as it may dictate where your enclosure is kept in the home. Syrian hamsters are prey animals. Uh, this means loud noises, sharp movements, and touch can make them a little jumpy. Mm -hmm. Before owning a hamster, it is important to remember this and be prepared for it to take a little time before they are happy to be handled by you and your family. Handling hamsters is all about uh, uh, is is all about little and often and building up their confidence in being touched or picked up in the early days. This can take time. Mm -hmm. End quote. Um, the hamsters are the Syrian hamster is very relatable. Unbelievable, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's. I also uh, have to be alone, and um, that that's really it. Yeah. Uh, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> takes time getting touched. Well, that that's weird. Okay, yeah. so yes, my friends. <laughs> not only is the anxiety-ridden hamster relatable on a service level, yeah. but believe it or not, their brains are pretty relatable too, Ooh. and this makes them a favorite in the research lab. Uh, Georgia State University professor Kim Humman. Just Humman. All right. Great Humman. last name. Uh, Kim Humman told news.gsu.edu, quote, hamsters have become increasingly... I can do this. <clears throat> we got this. Hamsters have become increasingly important for studies of social behavior, aggression, and communication. One, their social organization is far more similar to humans than that observed in mice, mm -hmm. even though mice are the most common laboratory animal used. And two, their stress response is more like that of humans than other rodents. Oh. They release the stress hormone cortisol just as humans do. Oh my do. God, I release tons of it every day. It's yeah. terrible for your <laughs> acne. <laughs> you wanna lose your acne, stop being stressed. Yeah. So just keep the acne, good luck. <laughs> not a problem, can do that. Yep. Just not be stressed. Uh, they also get many of the cancers humans get. Oh, and bummer. Oh no. I know. But my friends, not only does their little noggin release cortisol, it also releases and absorbs vasopressin oh. through a receptor called AVP-R1A. Oh my God, what, it, what, I, do I have that? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my God, tell me everything. Yes. So what the hell is this? Great question, doctor. Thank you, yes. uh, Dr. Riley. Well, I got you, don't worry. Scientists have a general idea of what this hormone does. And after the study we're going to talk about today, underscore general ideas. It's a very general idea. Okay, okay, I got it. Okay, vasopressin has been linked to certain super important behaviors in hamsters, like pair bonding, cooperation, and sociability, Aww. to the entire end of the other spectrum, to dominance and aggression. Uh, in sum, it's believed to regulate things like teamwork and bonding. Okay, so that's, that's what they think. Uh, okay. It feels a little bit like a horoscope and that you just described yes. everyone. So right? yeah, something that everyone has. Yeah. But if we all have it, then I guess that makes sense. It's just I'm trying to comprehend how something, you know, makes you more sociable and also aggressive. Aggressive. Mm, that's a very great curious. Point. Very curious. Put a pin in that. Okay. <laughs> so again, general Unless idea. Unless you're mm. aggressively social. Oh, we all know Is that, that person. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're so excited and high on coke. It's so <laughs> yes. hard to talk to them. But yeah. that's okay because they talk for you. I love that. I appreciate it. Yeah. 
Easy. You Somehow. just stand there yeah. and then go to the bathroom and never come back. That's right. Yep. So a team of Georgia State University researchers led by Professor of Neuroscience H. Elliot Albers and our University, of Prof- University Professor Kim Haman, they got to thinking and proposed a hypothesis. Wow. And proposed a hypothesis. We got it. We got it. We made it there. My God. Uh, Tom Dunn of boingboing.net actually summed it up perfectly. Quote, their hypothesis was that by removing this hormone, the hamsters would stop regulating their friendliness and just give in to being cuddly and adorable bosom buddies all the time. End quote. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Don't take anything away. <laughs> no, really? Not all no, of it? No. <laughs> don't take anything away or else you're going to get something different <laughs> and weird. It's there for a reason, right? Am I yeah, we found crazy? Out. I mean, maybe I, I'm just ignorant on this topic because you could say that about a lot of things and it's you know, incorrect. It's, but It's like cooking brain surgery. It's like, don't take the whole thing away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't. I want to use a word that starts with an L, but is it, is it, are they giving them like little hamster lobotomies or something? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. We're actually going to talk about that right now. Okay. How they did this. Okay. So Dr. Marissa, please tell us how did they do this and what experiment, what did the experiment entail? How did they compare and contrast behaviors as well? Okay. Let's, let's dive super deep. All right. From Jack Dunhill of iflscience.com, quote, Using C R I S P R. CRISPR. Oh, shit. Uh, using CRISPR in all caps, uh, gene editing, the researchers from Georgia State University created hamsters without AVPR1A receptors, entirely blocking vasopressin activity. The hamsters were then mixed in with litter mates and were compared to wild type or non-edited hamsters to understand their aggression levels and social behavior. End quote. Amazing. Okay, so they just made new hamsters yeah. that didn't that were missing this gene. Exactly. And then put them with some hamsters that are Normal. Normal. Had the hamster. I'm like, are we allowed to use the word normal? I, I don't want to uh, offend any. By, uh, hamsters, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, Original. Neuroregular. Neuroregular. Hamsters. And then neuro. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. We all, uh, we all understand. Everyone's great. Okay. <laughs> so, so, did these altered hamsters become chonky fur balls of love? Uh, are we on the way to ending war and solving world peace by removing vasopressin? And its receptor. Drum roll, please. <laughs> no. I didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> Quote, we were really surprised at the results, Albers told news.gsu.edu. We anticipated that if we eliminated vasopressin activity, we would reduce both aggression and social communication. But the opposite happened. Yeah. End quote. Yeah. Not yeah. surprised. Not surprised. My friends, the total fucking opposite happened. Uh, and I've got photos that simultaneously prove it and sums up the results perfectly. Great. I am so <laughs> glad you... <laughs> Wait, we're going to look at photos of angry hit or yes. I don't know. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to look at very angry hamsters, oh, and it's so funny. <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. I'm excited. Uh, so, Dr. Marissa, that's actually my next question. Would you like to see one hamster being a total dick to another? Yes, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hurry. Okay. 
Uh, these photos were taken by the research team and were included in their study. Uh, in the photo uh, is an altered female hamster interacting with a female littermate. Okay. Uh, of course, all photos we talk about today will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by. You have to see this. Oh, my God. I honestly do not understand how this photo did not go viral and did not become a meme on the internet, okay? Because okay, it's, okay. it's, like it's just the perfect photo. It's, yeah. So it's amazing. Okay, so Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what do you see? What is happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm going to, okay, so once upon a time, I used to go to, like, lesbian bars, and for some reason, every time I went, there was always a fight that would break out, yes. and people would be crying, there'd be, like, blood on the floor. I swear to God, this doesn't happen at all lesbian bars. You should go to them. <laughs> They're really fun, but for whatever reason, every time I went, someone would get in an altercation, and that's what this looks like. <laughs> this looks, I mean, it's a hamster Literally jumping midair towards yeah. another hamster that's wincing. Yeah, it's in wincing, absolute fear, yeah. absolute fear <laughs> and very surprised. Like what the fuck? Like what the fuck? I yeah. came to a lesbian bar. <laughs> I thought we were gonna have shots, and I'll wear soft clothes. Yeah. But no, no, <laughs> I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. Uh, wait, it gets better. Oh my God, come on. Okay, this just straight up looks like WrestleMania. So this... <laughs> it's <so laughs> the dead eyes. It has such dead eyes. It has evil eyes. I swear to God, if someone wants to take one of these and like Photoshop in like red eyes or like horns or something, I would really appreciate that. So yeah, it's one uh, literally holding, pinning one down. Yeah. Pinning it down. It's pinning it down. And the other hamster is straight up on its back. You can't even see its face anymore. Mm -hmm. It's totally, it's, it's lost the fight. Yeah, it lost the fight. It's lost the fight that it didn't even want to be in. No, not at all. Jesus. 110% did not want to be there. <sighs> yeah, my friends, we are seeing an epic smackdown, essentially, of one hamster that's way more aggressive than usual. Yeah. Uh, when compared to the unaltered hamsters, this aggressiveness did not follow the typical pattern. Uh, hamsters without the AVP1A receptor were extra stabby. Wow. Yeah, and get this, both male and female hamsters were hyper-aggressive yeah. and targeted their tiny rage onto fellow same-sex hamsters. Oh my God, gay rage. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, that sounds weird, but... <laughs> we should be raging, but not... This but in a different way. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck does this all mean? Well, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what Professor Albers told news. I'm oh, sorry, news.gsu. I can oh, read. Oh my God. All good. We, all right, let's talk about it. Quote, uh, we don't understand this system as well as we thought we did. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love this. Best quote of all I time. love that they had to say it out loud. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to clear the air. This didn't go right. Um, continuing the quote, the counterintuitive findings tell us we need to start thinking about the actions of these receptors across entire circuits of the brain and not just in specific brain regions. Mm -hmm. End quote. 
Yeah. If they had just like talked to me or like literally <laughs> anyone else, I could have told them like, this is a bad idea. This they're going to get weird. Like they're going to get weird. You're dude. literally taking a gene away. Yeah. It's probably there for a reason. <laughs> now we know. Now we now know. Now we know. Yeah. Although the outcome, this, although the, this wasn't the outcome researchers were hoping for, it certainly was a discovery and an important one at that. Quote, understanding the role of vasopressin in behavior is necessary to help identify potential new and more effective treatments uh, for a, div- a diverse group of neuropsychiatric disorders, including depression. End quote. Albers concluded. Oh, now I'm into it. Okay, so now, so we learned something. That oh, yeah. could eventually affect us down the line. Down the line mm-hmm. with mental health. I really love that. I just hope this doesn't get into the wrong hands. Yeah. And they okay. use it as like human soldiers. Yeah. They mean, don't have any of this, so they are fine. We <laughs> don't feel like machines. <laughs> I watched too much Marvel. Um yeah. Honestly, I thought about the same thing because... Uh, okay, thank God. One. I'm like, am I, <laughs> am I the one missing the gene? <laughs> one, there's lots of work to be done in terms of eventually producing effective medication. But two, if you want yourself an army of attack hamsters, yeah, we got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this is true. Um, yeah. And if you want one, you should talk to a therapist first. Just <laughs> yes. A little recommendation. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after the break. Yes. Moss piglets. Yes. Water bears. Yes. Uh, we're talking about the ever surprising tardigrade. Yes. And snails just so happen to be their taxis. Into it. And they exit out the butt. So fun. <laughs> Stay tuned. Please do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So What are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. 
Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, if you don't know what a tardigrade looks like, just stop. Yeah. Just, just stop whatever it is you're doing. Right now. And just Google them right the fuck now. Yeah, hurry. <laughs> do, it, do it real fast. And then come, you can pause. Pause. Yeah, you can pause. Thank you for coming back. Oh, uh, good. Great. I, right? What did you think? Just... Did you love it? <laughs> These... So happy, right? Just... Happiness. Yeah. Absolute happiness. Yeah. Uh, these six-legged, chonky, nearly microscopic animals are the things of Pixar dreams. For real. And despite being between a wee two-thousandths of an inch and five-hundredths of an inch, or wow. 0.05 to 1.2 millimeters long, they are the closest thing to indestructible. For real. For yeah. real. Talk about a mentor. <laughs> Total mentor and hero. Uh, and we know this because humans have been putting them to the fucking test. Uh, back in 2020, for example, scientists shot a few with ultraviolet radiation, and it was revealed they have a type of, quote, fluorescence shield okay. protecting them, similar to a lot of deep sea animals. Okay. Uh, these cells absorb the UV light and transform the rays into harmless blue light. That's amazing. So they basically glowed blue after the tests. That's so cool. It's fucking wild. I can't do that. <laughs> no, no. That sounds awesome. No, we just What's... got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> they it's... glow blue. That's a... Uh, some have endured the vacuum of space and survived. Uh, back in 2021, researchers at the University of Kent in the UK decided to see if tardigrades could also survive high-speed impacts. Probably. <laughs> Probably. They can do anything. They can do anything. Uh, get this. They shot a few, quote, out of a two-stage light gas gun, which which shoots objects at a higher speed than a typical gun. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, they found that the tardigrades could survive impacts of nearly 3,000 feet per second, or nine, 900 meters per second, end quote, from AliveScience.com. Well, that's a bunch of feet. 3,000 um, feet per second that's and survive? wild. Uh, what, like, am I doing wrong? I just... <laughs> I need to be more like a tardigrade. A water bear. Yeah. Now, typically these little ones do not move that fast at all. According to zmescience.com, at a leisurely pace, they would go at about half a body length per second. <laughs> at full throttle, they'll, they'll cover about two body lengths in about the same time, end quote. So even though they got six legs, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just imagining, because like, if you don't, if you haven't looked at them yet, it's never too late. Um, but their little legs are like, kind of like chubby baby legs. Yeah. Like they have like little fat rolls on their legs, mm -hmm. at least from what I remember. Yep. And so right. when they run, it, they probably look like little, like, <laughs> what what's a cute dog? Like a <laughs> dachshund yeah. or something, like just running so fast and going not far at all. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Needless to say, getting to the other end of a pond or a chunk of moss would probably take days. Yeah. Now, it turns out there's a faster way tardigrades get around, and it also happens to be dangerous and basically accidental. But it works. Because <laughs> they can survive anything. Just They're about amazing. anything. So, Dr. Marissa, let's cut to the chase. What did researchers find out about the water bear? Oh, my God. I would love to talk about it. All right. From Mindy Weisberger of Live Science. Quote, for these animals, getting from one place to another sometimes means being swallowed by a snail. <laughs> amazing start. Um, riding its guts 
and then exiting the mollusk via the anus on a clump of feces, end quote. Mm. I feel like the first time I called my mom from New York, that's how I described my commute to and from work. <laughs> I was just like, and then I just get shat out by an anus and end up in Bushwick and <laughs> go to my home, which has no windows and smells like a cat, even though I don't have one. <laughs> That's very relatable to some people and very not relatable to most people. Oh my God, I'm dying. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I bet you have a few questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how the hell did researchers find this out to begin with? And how do tardigrades even survive? Well, don't worry, I got you. Uh, for you see, my friends, despite being found almost everywhere, there's water. Little is known about how these little itty bitty cuties populate environments. Like, how the fuck did they get there? Yeah. We don't really know. Uh, well, yeah. until now. Oh, good. Uh, Tommy Vuari. Tommy with an I. Nailed it. A master's student in the Department of Biological and, and Environmental Science at the University of Jivaskla, Finland. Close enough. Skyla. There are There's multiple so many umlauts. umlauts. <laughs> There's so many umlauts and consonants. Jai love in Finland. I respect it. Well, good Tommy, stuff. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> Tommy got to thinking. Uh, they may get around the same way seeds are dispersed. They're eaten by a larger animal and pooped out. Yeah. So Tommy did a little digging and found one single study back in 1962, which noted live tardigrades were found in snail dung. Oh, yeah. So inspired... Tommy ran a few experiments. Okay. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, from Live Science, what did he do exactly? Oh my God, let's, let's dive deep. Okay, quote, he decided to look for animals that ate moss, where tardigrades are often found, and for feces that would be easy to sample. Uh, that's the point when cope snails came to mind, Tommy said. Of course, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone who has done any, or e everyone who has done any gardening in Finland knows that those snails eat almost anything. Uh, so Tommy and his colleagues sampled feces from 21 cops snails collected from a community garden and brought them into the lab and spent around 30 hours examining them. End quote. Mm -hmm. This is awesome, but also like some people just love their job it's so much. Wild. I, I do not have like the capacity to look at snails for 30 hours. Yeah. And snail shit. Snail shit. Yes. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> these guys are the real nerds and they're into it and they're making findings that will make sense to me when Jill tells me. <laughs> that's, right. that's how nature intended. So yep. that's right. They dug around poop for 30 hours. And out of those samples, my friends, get this. Drum roll, please. 25%, a quarter of them, had tardigrades. Amazing. 10 were found in total and five were alive. Wow. Five. Now this was a very small wild population sample. So Tommy and the gang decided to go big with a lab study. Amazing. Quote, the researchers then fed other tardigrades to cops snails and finding that 218 of 694, or about 30%, survived the ordeal and were pooped out while still alive. End quote. From Live Science. Oh my God. Only 30%. 
Still this is a very risky mode extremely. of transportation. Yeah. But generally, nothing is supposed to come out of your butt alive. So it's... I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so, so that's a large number. That is a large number. <laughs> yes. But they're just risk takers. They're like, either I'm making it to work on time or I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Those are my options. <laughs> no other options are allowed. Where are they going? Oh, we're going to find out. Okay, good. Okay, so not only did 30% survive, they were healthy enough to go on to mate. Ah. And lay eggs. Oh, okay. Which successfully hatched, quote, providing the first evidence of tardigrade reproduction after emerging from an animal's gut. From our source, uh, round of applause. Yes. Just for... They're, they're leaving to go, fuck. Yes. <laughs> I get it. I get date it. Date night. It's date night. It's date night, and they gotta be there. <laughs> they want to do it. <laughs> so you're probably wondering how in the hell did those thirty percent well make it? Well, scientists believe they fall back on their emergency plan, which helps them survive all sorts of danger, like the vacuum of space. It's called the tun state, oh. where they expel moisture from their bodies and slow metabolic processes. Oh, I know. But being that the snail guts are so wet, they some can't get completely dry, so they end up dying. This whole talk of like dry and wet is <laughs> yeah, that's true. Grossly sexual. Yeah, there you go. It's like the gross side of sex. <laughs> All the goos and things. All the goos and things. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so, but for those that make it, after two days of traveling the snail's digestive system, they'll find themselves pooped out 20 to 30 feet from the spot where they were eaten. And this is, I mean, in context, this is basically a nonstop flight to another continent for a tardigrade. Yeah. And in this new place, they can start a family and a new generation will take hold. And it's fucking inspirational. That's amazing. I really like it. I was trying to relate to this, but then you said it's like they were going to a new continent. And I'm yeah. like, that's like the time I got on the train yeah. For a date. Yeah. No, it really wasn't that hard. <laughs> yes. But it was a hot day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that date that we went on? Oh, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's the correct answer to that question. <laughs> I remember all of it. <laughs> that is very true. Yes. Good answer. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved every date. I know. It's They're true. Amazing. They're uh, good. They were worth uh, any sort of travel. <laughs> Gross blood. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends uh, about the mutant attack hamsters. Yeah. And, you know, tell your friends' kids. And then that way they'll just keep bugging your friends. Your fr- they're bugging your friends for them. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yes. I stuttered a lot. I think so. Yes. Because I, I was just so excited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And please, stay interesting. Please do.